is Wednesday, October 7th, I think. I do this every, yes, Wednesday, October 7th. Welcome to Joy Exposed. Remember when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. So I was feeling a little lipsticky tonight. What are you guys thinking, red? It's kind of hot, right? So figured I'd do a little lipstick tonight and uh, put me in a different space. So I'm going to um, try that out for a bit. Remember tonight, uh, starting last week, we were live on five platforms. Um, my two on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Periscope. So I'm really excited about that. And I didn't realize that tonight was... Um, coinciding with the Pence-Harris debates. So I'm missing that, and that's going to be interesting to go back and watch, but I'm sure she's going to hold it down because it's hard to debate with a Black American woman, with a sister. That ain't no easy feat to do. So uh, we'll see how that goes. So we have um, three cheers of joy tonight, and I'm drinking an old favorite, only because I forgot to stop at the store and get... Um, Where's my camera? Only for, because I forgot to stop at the store and get some more champagne. So this is the Poppy, but it's the Beck. I bought a couple of bottles of this over the weekend. And so uh, we drank one at the Cigar Lounge on Sunday. And then this is the second one I just cracked open. So we're going to, um, tonight's Three Tears of Joy brought to you by Poppy. And my first cheer of joy mm -mm -mm -mm, to red lipstick. I haven't worn red lipstick in probably a year, easy. First of all, I don't wear lipstick often, and I haven't worn any. I'm not, haven't necessarily been feeling this level of vibrancy, so I figured I'd touch it tonight. So cheers to red lipstick. Um, my second chair of joy uh, is a great weekend I had with my faceless love. He is by far the most delicious thing I've ever done. And um, I enjoy being with him and we chill so hard. It's crazy how hard we chill. Like it's almost scripted. It feels like there's gotta be a trick to this, right? So that's my second cheer of joy to chilling so hard um, this weekend in the presence of my faceless love. So my first cheer of joy was to red lipstick, and my second cheer of joy was chilling so hard. Um, my third cheer of joy is trying something new. I'm trying something new for the first time, and it's uh, it's uncomfortable, but I'll be fine doing it. I'll share a little bit about it. So just trying something new, stepping outside of my box, and um, that is my third cheer of joy. So three cheers of joy was brought to you by Poppy Malbec. My first cheer of joy is my red lipstick. My second cheer of joy was chilling so hard in the presence of my faceless love. And my third cheer of joy was trying something new. And so trying something new, what is that, right? So I have joined a Facebook group, like a group of there are like 10 of us and now there are like eight of us and we've made a group. And um, and it's a very small group just because we all connected during the pandemic. So it's really just us. 
And I've never really been, this is something I talk about often, I've never really been a part of a group. I didn't play sports. I didn't rely on anybody else to do anything. I rely on myself. And so now I find myself in the presence of some truly amazing people and I'm trying to find my place, right? So how do you stay amazing in a sea of amazing? So this is really interesting to me because I'm having to work with other people on projects and um, other people's anxiety and how they work and all of that. So I'm having to kind of sit in there and sit in there and watch all of it and still figure out how I can pitch in and be a part of. So it's it's interesting and um, it's definitely making me um, dig deeper inside of joy. Like how do I get to this place that I can be productive in the sea of greatness? And not that I haven't worked with great people before, but I've always been in kind of solo jobs. Like in the classroom, I'm the person, right? Uh, working in the pharmacy, I was the person, right? So my own business, I am the person, you know, me writing, I am the person. So, you know, this is really going to um, make me step outside and see myself in a different light and to consider other people. Um, and it hasn't been like I can't do it. It has been trying or uncomfortable with um, other people making decisions and putting forth information and it has been trying. However, it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing for me because it makes me understand what it's like to work with the group. So this is going to be, um, interesting, but I'm here for it, right? Here for it. Uh, I think that one of the things that's helped me a lot so far in this process is that I have been doing the Joy Exposed, which allows me to delve inside of me and to see me from an outside perspective. So that's truly helped me to understand that um, it's truly helped me to understand that it's I'm okay, right? You know, I don't feel any animosity. I don't feel like I want to take off running, I feel uncomfortable and it's new. So uncomfortable is fine. Right. So, um, but it's definitely interesting and I'm going to write it out and see, you know, what it's like on the other side, but I'm part of a team. I've never been a part of a team. <laughs> I've been my quarterback every and scored my own touchdowns. And I talked about this a little bit last night and I mean, last week and just saying that I'm so used to relying on myself for things to work that it's really requiring me to kind of understand that other people are involved and they can make it work too. So, you know, I'm 51 and this is new. So we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> So uh, that's my third cheer of joy is I'm trying something new. I'm a part of a group. I'm a part of a team. Um, it's going to be a part of a winning team. And uh, I have to play my part. I've got to figure out what position I'm playing. And I've got to play that position well. I can no longer play the zone, all the positions. I've got to play a man-to-man. -man. I need a role, right? So, you know, we're going to see how it goes. And uh, I'm excited about it. And it's 
definitely got me in a new space. And the best part about it is that, um, well, not the best part. Yeah, it's the best part is this is a venture that Faceless Love and I are doing together. So he's in it too. And he knows me well enough to know, like, she's really uncomfortable. He's fine in it. He's He's been in sports and athletics his whole life and teams and he coaches and he's fine with it. But he can tell for me, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but that's really good that he's in it. And that allows me a level of security knowing that he's in it and he's okay then I'm okay. Because if anybody's going to take care of me, he's going to take care of me. So um, I'll keep you guys posted on how that's going. Hi, Katie. I'm looking to see now the comments. Um, that's me talking. So I'm sorry. So let's see. Hi there, Varisa. Hi, Terrence. Hi, Stephanie. Yes, it's a winning team. Hi, Bonita. Hi there. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate you guys. So, um, yeah, so that's good. That's pretty interesting. Um, before I get into my Facebook post of the week, I've got to show you guys what I have. You see, this, this is a Snoop Dogg. 19 Crimes, baby. I got the Cali Red with Snoop on it. Mm -hmm. It was the last one in Total Wine. Faceless Love picked it up for me when he got here. And I was like, yes. And so what's funny is that Varisa had a bottle and she posted it. And he was like, you got to open it and pour it. I was like, I can't open it yet. I only have one. So I think it's probably been about three weeks ago. I said I was looking for the Cali Red and I got it, the Snoop on it. So I'm pleased. And when I get another one, then I'll open it and try it. But until then, I'm just going to have a bottle of wine unopened. Unless I get in a pinch, then I might open it. <laughs> But um, I haven't uh, yet. So um, those are my three chairs of joy. And I got McCallie Red and, you know, trying something new. So that's how we're going to get started tonight. And I hope that this, me sharing that with you, give you guys a kind of sense of bravado to step out on something new too, a place that you may be uncomfortable. And, you know, it's not going to kill us. You know, it's not going to kill you. And uh, we're going to, well, hell, I hope not. <laughs> but it's still early. So we can get on to our Facebook post of the week. Um, I think that I'm going to, oh, don't forget that I'm a part of this crazy talent tour for this year for, from October to October with MJI, my talent agent. So you'll be seeing crazy stuff pop up on my timeline and a request to join the MJI group. And the MJI group is where we go in and we post some of our promo stuff. Like there'll be some video and pictures and of other talent. And that's where she's kind of funneling producers and directors, people who want talent, she's kind of funneling them to that space. So when you see it, don't think, oh my God, Joyce one's doing something else. It's the same thing. It's just that this is a focused area to 
my agent has created so that people can come see me do me, you know, so they're not going to different sites. They're going to one site. And so we'll have some virtual events while we're in COVID and we'll do some stuff in New York, you know, so she's got a whole lineup. She's talking some really, 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 really big names and organizations and things. And so you'll see me changing a little because I need to satisfy some of the things that she wants. Like she wants to see me interview more. She wants to see me hosting more, you know, so she'll say, I'm seeing you for this. I need to see more of this. And you'll see kind of stuff pop up like Friday night. I'm hosting, um, a listening party for a mixtape for a rapper named Tai Sensei. And I haven't done that before. But since I announced that, now I have a couple of more listening parties lined up. So maybe I'll do something on Friday nights at like 10 o'clock. While we're in pandemic, people aren't going out too much, but we're going to try to do that. So I'm going to try to do that a little more so I can build my portfolio in those areas. So I appreciate you guys riding and rocking with me and being patient and understanding that Joycelyn is trying, you know, she's trying, she's growing, she's got information that she wants to put out there and, you know, we're going to rock it from that. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. So, um, Let's see, where is I going to go to? Oh, Facebook Post of the Week. So Facebook Post of the Week brought to you by STM Specialties. And I'll do a couple of these tonight because I have so much stuff I want to talk about um, that I don't want to um, spend too much time on there, on this. So um, let's see. This one is kind of interesting. Um, right, Katie, we do, we grow in changes and that's me growing a little bit more. So I'm growing a little more. Um, so this is by Allison Christie Johnson. You guys know I've read her stuff before. It says, ladies, this is talking to ladies about men. Ladies, if he's 25 or older and drops red flags, his frontal lobe is fully developed and he's not changing. It's science. I don't make the rules. So this is a really cool perspective when you think about it. Like for her to say that and it's based and it is based on science. By 25, your frontal lobe is developed. You're you are cogniz cognizant of the things that you're doing. And if you're gonna change is pretty much like no, you're not, right? So that was I like that post. And she always shares really good stuff. She's one of my fake favorites. Her name's Allison Christie Johnson. And so we have um, Facebook post of the week brought to you by stmspecialties.com. This one says uh, by Tim Morris, and it says, Lord, if you ran out of presidents, just say that. <laughs> we are struggling in the U.S. right now trying to get us a presidential candidate. But, you know, I'm just going to hold on to Kamala is going to be all that. She's going to be a great vice president, very vocal, articulate, well-educated, great family. Like I'm cheers to Kamala Harris. She's like the shining star in this election. And the funny thing is because she is um, uh, in a sorority, I swear her sorority sister all of the sororities and fraternities are going to turn up and turn out at the elections to make sure that their numbers are represented. And keep in mind, we have to 
it's almost time to vote. So you guys, I hope you got your voting plan. I'm not going to get off on that yet. Um, I read that last week. I'm not going to read that because I, I must have been tipsy when I posted, when I read that one. It was funny then, but it's not funny now. <laughs> it's mean now. You know, you tipsy and you read something, you like, hilarious. And then you go back and read it and you're like, oh, that was kind of mean. So I'm not going to read that. Okay, so this one is from uh, Lashandra Sunshine Mizell. She's in one of my Facebook groups. It says, and I like, I love this post because you have to literally say this stuff outside for out loud for people to hear you. Listen, I only get a selected time to enjoy myself by choice. I already don't go out like that. Anywho, if I don't respond to a few text inboxes here and there, or I don't call back, I'm enjoying my children and spending time with them. S1 is grown. They're almost, but getting mad because I don't return a text or call is the easiest way to get on my shit list. Hashtag, I am a parent first and always will be. Hashtag, not sorry. And this was an instance of somebody doing what? Setting very strict boundaries on how to operate with them. And I like that. I love the post because now with technology and social media, people think they have access to you all the time. Like, if they text you, you to text back. And this is business and personal. My business line is my personal line. So that means if somebody texts me about something, they're expecting a response. It's on me to say, I'm not responding tonight. I'll respond tomorrow. Because people expect that immediate gratification for reaching out to you. So she line in the sand and people ask her about it you know well what about this and what about this but I understood immediately like no if I don't respond it's because I'm I don't want to respond I don't want to respond and my phone is probably turned off that I don't even know it's not even like I'm watching it making a cognizant decision not to it's that it doesn't matter if it comes through or not the people who know how to get in touch with me are the people who know how to get in touch with me. And if it's an emergency, I'll know it's an emergency. But otherwise, get off of me with that. So I love that LaShondra posted that. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. Um, those are my Facebook posts of the week. And where is it? Did I want to read this one? Oh, this is the last one I wanted to read. This is a guy, uh, Joey Weeks. He's in. A, he's just a Facebook friend of mine, and his. And this is, man, this is deep, right? Like this is for when I read. He's a clown, anyway. He's silly. He plays a lot of video games, so a lot of his posts are just. He's very direct and brutal in his responses. He says, "I'll say this at three twenty-nine in the morning." I have had my CPAP going on 10 years next October. I cannot recall a single instance of a woman asking me to teach her how to use it in case I forget, which isn't likely, or if it comes off mid-sleep. I have women that remind me to put it on, which I don't forget. Anyway, granted, it isn't hard, and you can learn by watching me do it once without asking, but I have met many women I have met many women, even been married, and I cannot think of a single instance of a woman caring that much about me to want to know. Maybe I'm forgetting, but I don't think so, which is interesting to me. 
I read that this morning at about 6.30 and I wanted to respond, but I couldn't simply because there's so much in that. Like when people love you and see you as a part of who they are, those are the things they want to know. So when you have these things and the person you're seeing or dating or whatever, they're not interested in learning how or helping. To me, that says they're not, they can't see you, right? They can't see you. I personally believe that people who are interested and capable of you, male or female, whether you're a woman and you're capable of this man or your man and you're capable of this woman, those are the intricate details that you don't even think about. You just want to know. You just want to know how this works. Well, what happens when this and what you're curious and so curious about them that you ask questions about what's going on. And I think that sharing that made him vulnerable in that he said, I think someone should want to know about me. And we don't put ourselves in that vulnerable space, right? We're like, oh, I'm good. I ain't worried about it. You know, that kind of thing. But as a man, for him to put himself in that space, I think he made himself vulnerable in it. And I can appreciate him sharing. I can appreciate him sharing that information. And I can also see where people don't ask the tough questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't they don't care as long put the thing on so I don't hear you snoring because the CPAP is that thing for snoring. I or it helps to open up your breathing passage, I think, and it reduces your snoring. But people don't care about how you use it. They care about that you use it and it doesn't disturb them. And I think that good for him for being vulnerable and putting it out there. And and it makes us understand that the things that we're interested in, our partners want to know about the things that we're interested in. And that's a tough place to be when you realize that nobody's asking about you. Nobody's wanting to know about you and how you function. So those are my Facebook posts of the week brought to you by stmspecialties.com. And let's keep it moving. So I had a special request of something to talk about tonight. And it's it's funny because I meant to listen to it again tonight before I talked about it. <laughs> Just to make sure that I was consistent in what I'm saying. And I didn't get a chance to listen to it. But that's okay because you guys know I speak from this place that I try to stay open about it. Open and transparent and um, able to say the, not the same things exactly, but to keep my message the same. So one of my good Facebook friends um, watched my the book uh, interview when I was on the UCAAB book event virtual last week, week before last. And they asked, the moderator asked me a question, what does it mean to me to be woke? And woke is a terminology people use to kind of like, stay, you know, stay aware of the bullshit, be woke, right? So that's the thing, like, stay woke, 
Stay woke. Watch out for people coming for you. Stay woke. You know, that kind of thing. So I know and I've seen that before in Facebook and posts and Instagram and conversation. People will talk about being woke. And she asked me, which really kind of caught me off guard because no one's ever, no one's ever. <coughs> excuse me. No one's ever asked me what it means to me to be woke. And so. I told her in the conversation, what what I figured out is this. I only have control over me. So when I think about staying woke, I think about staying aware, aware of me. Staying aware of me on my path along my journey and understanding how powerful my actions are. Now, I know that I can't dictate the movement of people around me because that that would require me to know them, right? That will require me to for the universe to give me insight on them greater than what I can see or what I can discern by interacting with them. So I know I can't move people like that. I mean, I could manipulate if I wanted, but who has time for that? I got to take care of me. So me being woke, as I said before, is a synonymous to me being free. Me being aware enough of who I am and my movements to understand that although I can't directly impact people, every step I take, everything I do creates a ripple effect around me that people are indirectly impacted by me moving. So that's me being woke. I can't, I can't dictate how somebody else does something. I can't dictate how somebody else sees something. I can only dictate me. If I want somebody to, if I want somebody to do something, I can ask them to do it, right? Or I could manipulate the situation to get what I want. And you guys know how much I fucking hate that. Don't manipulate a situation to get what you want from me, right? So I don't like that. So that is unethical to me. And it's intentional. It's intentional to mislead or mistreat, misuse somebody. And I don't like that. So if I'm going to do something in honesty and integrity and fidelity, then I've got to only be concerned with me moving and me moving free. And to get free, that I can stay woke is that I have to be aware of all the things in my life that attempt to hold me hostage. And as you guys know from Joy Exposed, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. That means I'll go way back into the recesses of my mind, way back into my childhood and identify the first people who conditioned me for bullshit. The first people who this, the first people who this, those who hurt me, those who, as long as I can delve into my own life and identify those things and set myself free, I'll be woke because that means I'm going to be aware of the next person who comes to verbally abuse me. 
to emotionally abuse me, to make ill use of me, to try to take advantage of me, who lie to me, simply because I have learned from past things that have happened and now I am keen on my observations of others. So I can't control what others do, but I can control my response when others do it to me, right? So that to me is being woke. I can't be woke about anything if I don't have any ground wisdom in it. I can't be I can't be woke about anything if I'm not grounded in wisdom. I've got to actually pay attention to everything that's happened to me and proceed in wisdom from that point forward. So that's being woke. I think people want us to have a when people when it's mentioned, not all people, but when it's mentioned, there's an understanding that we'll have a superficial understanding of things around us. But we're deeper than that. We've got our ancestors. We've got documented history. We've got our own life, our own experience. We've got our parents and our siblings. We've got so many experiences around us that we can draw wisdom from all of them because we can look at how they affects us how they affect us right that's what being woke is it's not having to me right because those are the things that set me free and i want to make sure i clarify that because i don't want it to be i'm speaking for the masses cuz i'm not remember i can only speak for me <laughs> so for me, that's what being woke is. If I know about my past, if I know, if the more I know about my past, the more I know about my future. If I stay connected to things that have happened and understand to take the goodness from those situations, the goodness will be the things that fuel me. The bad things will be the things that hold me hostage and hold me in place. I don't want the bad things. I've literally spent... Oh, gosh, three, almost four years writing to get rid of the bad stuff. And I'm not writing about the bad stuff. You won't see the bad stuff in my writing. You'll see the good stuff in my writing because I process through the bad stuff and I hold on and grasp on the good stuff. It makes my travels lighter and it makes my cup full, right? If I can pull from the goodness, my cup is full. So we have to understand that in dealing in with people in situations and understanding that we have control of the most powerful vice we'll ever have control over, and that's ourself. So you being woke is understanding everything that you can about yourself and identifying those things that hold you in a space. I talk often about being a, a Black American woman in this country. I talk about voting. I talk about being free. I talk about my responsibility to being a citizen of the United States. Now, I could sit up and talk about, I don't like being a citizen of the United States, but I've only been a citizen of the United States. And if I sit up and speak and spout negativity about 
the country in which I am a part of and I don't have any goodness, that's on me. That's a waste of energy because I'm saying I don't like it here, but I'm not powerful enough or bold enough to go experience somewhere else, right? It's I can't sit in my job and talk about how much I hate my job without going out to get another job. That's a waste of energy. Those are the things that hold you hostage. When you have the time to sit up and spout negativity about and you're not bold enough to step out, then you're a hostage. You're held hostage and you're held hostage by your own mind. You have to understand the power that you have in you. Try something new. I'm trying something new. I'm working in a group. That's my new thing that I'm trying right now. That's stressful as fuck to me because I've never had to rely on anybody. Never. But the only way I'm going to get through the group doesn't matter about the people in the group. It matters about what I know about myself and being in a group. I can't control any of them. I can only control me in the group. So that's the power. Like that's the power of being woke, of being free, of being aware is knowing you in these situations. I've literally, I spent many projects in college working crazy, relentless hours just to do it by myself. And I could have worked with four people and it have taken us two sessions to get it done, but I do it by myself and it take 10. I would rather spend the extra time doing it by myself than rely on somebody else. This is new for me. I'm learning, but I'm aware enough of myself to know that this is you in here and you don't you can't control everybody else. How are you going to function? And that's what I mean when I talk about being woke. I know myself. And you know yourself. You know yourself. You know that you're free. You know that what you're capable of. You have wisdom on your side. You have experience on your side. You know how good it feels for something to feel good. Mm-mm-mm. Right? We know all of that. And we want to, we want to make sure that we hang on to that goodness, right? So, you know, that's, and that's what I mean, you know, that's what I meant when I talked about being woke. And that's only about me. I don't, I don't pretend to know anybody else. (laughs) I don't pretend to know anybody else. I'm not going to manipulate somebody. I'm not going to try to get something from, so I'm not doing any of that. I can only walk in Joycelyn and that's what I will continue to do is to walk in Joycelyn. So thank you for making that request to talk about being woke and ta-da, there it is. Um, So I'll have a drink after that. My goodness, that's kind of deep. So let me share something with you guys. And I'm going to do a video on this because I went to the golf course with Faceless Love and his golf buddies. That's something I love that 
he doesn't live here. You know, he doesn't live here with me in Tampa area. He lives in the Atlanta area. And he has come down here and made some good friends. And I'm like, I like that. I like that he's come down here and made some buddies, some cigar buddies, some golf buddies. They make plans and have group chats and what they're going to do. And I think that's really cool because that says for him, now he's very self-aware. I think it's got to do with sports, but you know, I like that he has that. So you guys will see this, but um, I went to the golf course with them on Saturday morning and I took some really good bourbon. We took some really good bourbon for them to hang out with, hang out and drink. And I enjoyed spending the morning with them. So we get the tea time was at eight 30. So you go early, you warm up the tea times at eight 30 then they get on the golf carts and they start on hole one and go through 18 holes and they play each hole, which we didn't leave to probably about one thirty, two o'clock. So golf is a long day. Like it's not a, a basketball game. It's a long day. So you don't have to be in it. So of course I show up and I'm like, I got the liquor. Let's drink at eight 30 in the morning. <laughs> so they're like, Oh Lord, it's already time. So I kind of turned up with them all morning, which was fun. And just hearing the conversation and the male camaraderie and the laughter and the strategy, you know, watching them figure out how to get the golf ball from the tee to the hole and how many strokes it's supposed to take. And just kind of going through that process was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. And when you guys, when I edit the video and put it together, you're going to be like, Oh, that's fun. I've got to go to the golf course. Like I need to go to the golf course because it it was really life. Like I had a good time with them. I even said I was going to write a book called um, The Girlfriend's Guide to Golf or The Golfer's Girlfriend. Something I said. And one of the guys was like, oh, yeah, you should write that. That would sell. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because I could see where people would not be interested in that. And it's not like I go all the time, but I know that Faceless Love loves golf. So and he was here. So he even he wanted me to come for this because you know, our time was limited. So we had a really good time at golf. We hung out and we had some lunch and then we crashed out after that. But it was golf was so much fun. I'm not can't even what I was going to tell you about, I can't tell you about it because it's in the video. And you just after I edit it, you just need to hear the video. Like you have to hear the commentary from the men talking about it. That's the beautiful thing because they were so like, oh, yeah, this is great. Right. And they're just so open with the conversation. And we never think about golf. You know, if you don't know, buddy, don't know anyone who plays golf, you don't think about golf as a sport. You don't think about going to the golf course and hanging out. But let me tell you, it was well worth it. And then um, in March, we're going to do a um, oh, golf event in Atlanta. So if any go any golfers out there, I'll, you know, let me know. And uh, I'll definitely send you guys an invite to the golf event in Atlanta. And we'll go live from there. Of course, we'll have to. Um, oh, before I go any further, let me say happy birthday to my girlfriend, Dawn. She lives in Naples, Italy. It's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. So it's Dawn's birthday on the 8th, which is tomorrow our time, but it's 3.30 a.m. 
her time now. It's also Kim Chevalier's birthday on the 7th. So happy birthday, Kim. I haven't seen her in the field, uh, in the feed in a while. So, but it is her birthday. So happy birthday, Kim. So those are my two birthdays I didn't want to forget. Okay, let's keep it going. So I talked about golf. Oh, man. So um, Sunday, Friday night, Faceless Love and I were in Ybor City. And we were walking down the street. This is how you know that he is my mother trucker. Like, he is my guy. We were walking down the street. So this these this car was going by with some kids inside. Well, I say kids. They could have been 20s, 30s. I don't know. And a boy, a young man, yelled out the window, hey, man, can I squeeze her ass? And so Faceless Love and I were both like, yeah. We said at the same time, yeah. And then the car kept going. And then he and I looked at each other and we're, we said, I'll beat that little blankety blank's ass. We said at the same time. And I was like, this is my mother trucker right here. Like, there's no way we could have had that same thought and been unscripted. We died laughing because I was like, this little boy is going to make us be his ass right here in the streets. And we were ready for him, too. <laughs> we were ready to beat his ass, too. <laughs> Both of us was like, I'll beat his blankety-blank ass, right? So thought that was kind of funny. He is such a dope ass, man. I love it. So I love it, love it, love it. All right. So let me go on to say, um, let's see. I told you about that. Okay, so in at work... I started reading this book. We started reading a book called Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Love and Life. Let's see if I can. you guys can see it. Now, I haven't read it yet. I'm reading it now. There it is. Uh-oh, camera. Yeah. So by Dr. Henry Cloud, we've started reading it. Um, we've done that. We've read two chapters. And so... I think I'm going to share it with you guys over the course of the next few weeks, different things that I've read. And you can read it too if you want. But I love the idea that someone thought, if you're going to succeed in love and life, and being successful says there are different things in your life that are repetitive. When you figure these things out that are repetitive, then they'll lead you to a successful place. So habits like moving in honesty, moving in transparency, you know, so different things. If you can figure out what flow in your life, if you have things that are crazy that lead to destruction and you continue to do those things over and over, that's not a way to get to success, right? That's a way to say, this is insanity. I'm going to keep doing the same behaviors over and over. You continue to do what you've always done. You'll continue to get what you've always got, right? So we have to step outside of that boundary of thinking and doing. That's us being aware of who we are. I've been in the crappy ass relationships where you try to figure out how to love someone different. And it's the same person. You are The person has already showed you that you're not you can't love them or they aren't capable of loving. You keep switching it up, hoping to get a different result and it doesn't work, right? So 
you know, these things happen to all of us. So in this book, in this book, Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Love, it starts out with an idea about deja vu. And we've all experienced deja vu. And it talks about people in deja vu. And that was a really, the way he described it was different from anything that I had experienced before. My thinking is in deja vu, it's something that's happened in a past life or that's going to happen in a future life. And you see it when you have deja vu, it's something that's either happened or have happened. I mean, happened or will happen. You see it. So when it processes again, you're trying to pinpoint what it is. His idea is that deja vu people surface to show you qualities or characteristics or processes that should happen in your life to lead you to success. So almost like a snapshot of greatness. That's Dr. Cloud's idea of deja vu people, which was different from mine because I never characterize it as anything other than, oh shit, what did I miss? <laughs> or what's coming? You know, my thing was like, where was I when this happened? This is deja vu. Like, what happened in this moment, right? Like, how do you process that? So, that was definitely different insight for me to think of deja vu people. Um, in the course of this conversation, the therapist that is leading the discussion had an another idea about how the brain works with the deja vu moments. And it was kind of contradictory to Dr. Cloud, but that's okay. We all have our ideas and the brain is a fickle motherfucker. Like no one has the brain completely figured out, right? We want to, and it requires a lot of work and dedication to get to the brain, to figure it out in that capacity. So for now, we're going to look at the brain from Dr. Cloud's perspective. And when you have these snapshots of things, it's saying that these snapshots are happening to show you things that you should be doing repetitively to get you to a successful place. So like I said, that was different for me. It wasn't, um, it wasn't something I had ever thought of before. And it said that, you know, there are several realizations in these, in the deja vu moments, they were always, there's not anything negative happening. There are always good things happening. Like you don't have a deja vu moment of driving off a cliff. You don't have a, you know, so the deja vu moments never present as something tragic, right? For me, they haven't. Maybe they have for other people, but for me, they haven't. And I have to separate my deja vu moments from my gifts from my ancestors because they're different. Sometimes I have my gifts from my ancestors that are directly related to things that have happened in my past. And then my deja vu moments show up disconnected from my ancestors. So, you know, and I don't know why I have that. You know, I don't know why. And we all may have it. We don't talk about it, but I'm definitely connected that way to my ancestors. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let me see. And when you talk to your friends, 
about deja vu you know they may have a different perspective on what it means to them or they may not even acknowledge that it happens to them and people who have a even balance of brain activity right and left brain activity rarely experience the deja vu moments because their right and brain right and left brains are both active so they don't have a space for the deja vu to happen. The deja vu happens for people who are mostly right brain or mostly left brain. And I can't recall which is the artistic side and which is the scientific mathematical side. So it's definitely a separation. How about people like me, who's a scientific brain and the artistic brain, and I have a crazy brain activity all the freaking time. And then you throw in some deja vu moments. So that lets you, I always talk about my brain activity, how it's crazy to live in here. And it's my, it's my fucking brain. And I say, it's crazy to live in here. So imagine people outside of me, not understanding how my brain works or not and as I said earlier, it's not for them to understand how my brain works. It's for me to understand how my brain works. So that's really interesting to me, recognizing that my brain is, it definitely works in over overdrive often, right? I rarely have some downtime. Uh, it makes me remember about this weekend when uh, I was literally doing nothing. Like I was sitting on the couch, I think, and I was doing nothing. And Faceless Love was like, what are you thinking about? And I was like, nothing. He's like, shit, you thinking about something. It's impossible for you to think about nothing. <laughs> so I was like, well, thanks a lot, because now I am thinking about something. But in that very moment, I was nothing. I had no brain, no thoughts. And I had found, not on, not intentionally, and I think that's maybe that's what peace is like. I had found a place of inactivity in my brain that I could exist with nothing happening. So, but most of the time, it's like... So you, but you know your own brain, right? So you know your own brain and you know whether you're artistic, the artistic side of you, the um, statistical, mathematical, science side of you. Like that, that explains a lot for people in the classroom and students and, you know, all of that. So that's really, you know, it's neat. Um so it talked about nine things. He talks about nine things hidden in plain sight. Let me find them. Uh, he talks about patterns. Let me go back. Um, so there are things that work against you when you're trying to... There, there are things working against you when you're trying to be aware of you, when you're trying to be free, when you're trying to be woke and understand how powerful you are. There are some things that work against you. Um, a background or history or of close association, identification with people who were not finding success in love or life. So if you're surrounded by people who aren't doing anything amazing, that's working against you. <laughs> I mean, 
fuck it. Let's tell the truth. When you're surrounded by people who are negative and whining, whining and not being successful and not doing, that works against you. That's a heavy weight on you because you feel some kind of responsibility, but you're not. You're not responsible and you have to decide why can they make a change in your life? Like, who are they that they can stop you from being free? Who are they that they can stop you from, right, establishing that balance of yourself and moving freely? Um, Emotional or relational pain that kept you in survival mode so much that learning mode seemed like a luxury. When you've been damaged or traumatized as a child, and y'all know, I talk about all my shit. I'm not keeping no secrets. I'll talk about all of it. When you've been damaged emotionally, that's that stuff holds you hostage. And we, it, the thing that holds us hostage isn't so much as the emotional damage. We want to protect the people who fucked us up. We feel the need to protect them because they have convinced us that they fucked us up because they love us. I love you. I did what I had to do. We believe them right? That's a fucked up place to be. I'm sorry. So that stops you from getting to that successful place. That stops you from staying woke. That stops you from your level of self-awareness because you're living in a dark space with because the motherfuckers who mistreated you left you there. And they, they're going on. They're not going to go far because they, they're not going to move forward either. Because they haven't acknowledged that part of themselves that allowed them to fuck you up. It's a horrible cycle. You hear it in generational curses. It doesn't go, just go away on its own. You can't sweep it under the rug all the time, right? It has to come to light. And we have to be very careful about that. Um, Religious teachings that focused so much on guilt, shame, and good and bad that there was not enough room to learn wisdom and love. Everybody has a story from church. Church will make you feel bad for sinning. The church will make you feel bad for sinning, but Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sins, right? So there's an expectation of sinning as we walk along our path because Having those experiences are the things that allow us to gain the wisdom to continue to move. So you have a human talking about how bad your sins are, how bad you are, and laying on this guilt. But Jesus expects you to sin because he needs you to travel along your path and gain wisdom so you can be of his purpose. And I see, and these are the conversations that don't happen there. These are the conversations that don't happen in the religious settings. You leave, you feel guilty. You feel guilty that you uh, blaspheme and fornicating and you got drunk and debaucherous and gluttony. And you feel guilty about all of these things. You feel so guilty, in fact, that you do what? Continue the same behaviors because if you've already fucked up, how can you unfuck? Especially when you've been, the guilt is piled on you for your fuck up. I might as well keep drinking. I might as well steal another car. I might as well 
I might as well. I've already done it. Ain't no forgiveness. Ain't no. It's just guilt. So the guilt is packed on that you can't move any. You can't move forward. And that's not right. So those are that's something that stops you from moving forward to getting to your success because you feel like you're stuck in it because of the guilt. Um, relationships that have been so hurtful and did not work so many times that you gave up on hope of finding one that would. We you see this on social media all the time. People talk about I'll never find again, or all men are this, or all women are this. Been so so hurt so many times that there's no way out. Their mind, they don't understand that there's love out there. I can't get to the love because I'm still fucked up internally. I'm not going to get to the goodness because I'm still weighted down by emotional baggage, guilt from my church, background damage from growing up. And all of these other bad relationships that I've allowed to happen in my life, I feel like that's normal. It's not normal. It's just that it's happened so many times, it's what you know. But when you decide enough is enough and you believe that freedom, success, being aware, being woke, when you realize that these are things within your reach, you'll move towards them. But it's going to take something for you to get to a place to succeed in love and life. And we're all working towards it. I'm, yeah, I share all of my stuff. Y'all probably think, boy, that Joyce don't talk about so much. <laughs> I share all of my mess because it's helping me get to freedom. It's helping me get to that place of knowing that I am significant and I have been chosen. God chose me to move forward. And I believe that I'm not, I'm no longer allowing the guilt of walking in a church, how I feel being in the church in the words of the pastor selective that I feel like they have to do with me. And there's no way out for me. I'm no longer doing that. I'm no longer being in a negative relationship that holds me hostage and doesn't feed me, feed my soul. I'm no longer doing that. I'm no longer living in the past of abuse and other relationships. It doesn't matter. Outside relationships or familiar relationships, it doesn't matter. I'm no longer doing it, right? And the way that I continue to grow and the way that I keep continuing is to know that there's goodness out there to believe in it. I've gotten to a place that I believe that more goodness exists than wickedness. I'm stronger than the wickedness. I'm more powerful than the wickedness. The wickedness can do nothing to me unless I give it power because I am the only person that I have control over. I have to give the wickedness power in my life. And we already know that's a fucking rat. <laughs> no more wickedness here. And I firmly believe that. And I hold on to that. And that is why conversations with people that are negative outright, I'm not having them. I'll shut them down. I'm not arguing with people to justify why they want to mistreat me. So my question is, you want me to have a conversation with you 
about giving you permission to fuck with me. <laughs> I ain't even about to touch that right now because that's a whole nother conversation. We can do that next week. Anyway, this is Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. The debates are on. Tune in to the debates after you leave me. Um, don't forget, we're streaming live tonight on five platforms. Oh, growth is good. It's only goodness out there. You can download past episodes from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, YouTube, everywhere. Anywhere that you find your amazing podcast, you can find Joy Exposed. Thank you for joining me tonight. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. Good night. I'll see you guys next week.